Ladies and gentlemen, it is showtime. Please welcome the team of the Fulhamish Podcast. the Fulhamish podcast your independent voice of Fulham FC my name's Sammy James welcome to the show in today's show we are previewing Wednesday night's Carabao Cup semi-final second leg against Liverpool at Craven Cottage can Fulham make history and reach our first domestic cup final since 1975 oh just saying those words gets me Incredibly excited for what just could be on Wednesday. But look, it's a very difficult task. We all know that one goal down to the side that is top of the Premier League. But with injuries and players away on international duty, there is a chance and a decent chance that Fulham could upset the odds and make history but we know it's going to be incredibly difficult i am joined for today to look ahead to this historic match by journalist paddy barkley hello thank you very much for inviting me again and fulhamish stalwart drew heatley is here as well hi drew hi sammy i'm in in a perpetual state of tension right now okay well let's get into previewing this match and drew i just kind of want to get a sense from you the scale of this game I am getting incredibly excited. It feels like one of the biggest Fulham matches for years. I mean, I just want to know where you're kind of placing it because the playoff semi-finals were incredibly important. The playoff finals even more important for the the future of, of Fulham. We had to win those games. And although when it comes to the the pantheon of Fulham matches, I feel like for the occasion, this is the biggest game since the Europa matches. I mean, I know that some people listening to this might have been there in 75 and they'll have said, well, look, the 75 final was was bigger than this. But I don't know. I'm getting excited. I want to know where you're placing this amongst other great FFC occasions down the years. Yeah, it, it really does. And what's really exciting about now is that, you know, this is the real, this is where the semi-final really begins, right? You know, first legs are always quite funny, aren't they? You can't, you can't lose them. Uh, you, you can't lose the, the tie, but you, um, you can't win the tie, sorry, but you can certainly lose them. That is, that is the fact. And and we didn't. So now it's like, it really is starting to begin. And, and it's, and I'm looking back as, as you say, Sammy, as it comes up and you sort of, you do try and rank it among many different, t- many different nights in our recent history. And, and obviously Europa is the one that's right up there. But for me, it's the, um, it's the Derby uh, second leg uh, semi, uh, the playoff semi in 2018. That was when going into it thinking, I think it's the Wembley element as well, you know, the return to the Premier League, but also the Wembley element of uh, of getting there. And that's how kind of how it feels to me at the moment. Uh, but it's all to play for. It's, it's delicately poised, as they say, um, which is all we could have asked for going into this, right? Yeah. And Paddy, I can't uh, imagine how many big games you've been to um, over the years. There's something always special, though, about this kind of occasion, the semi-final. It's like you go out in the semis, no one really remembers, but obviously that can be a day with destiny. And for a club like Fulham, who's never won a major trophy, I think we're not getting ahead of ourselves to be excited by, by such an occasion. Oh, no, this has got me going. I just hope it's the first of three Wembley appearances this season. <laughs> You'll know what I'm referring to, don't you? Yes, the, the FA Cup semis and finals. 
Uh, well done. I usually catch people out on that. They say, well, well what's the third? What's, what's, what's the other one? And, well, there is and, the Champions League final at Wembley this, this summer, but that does feel unlikely. I think, you know, to, for uh, about 800 clubs to be disqualified and us to be invited in as a late entrant to the Champions League final, yeah, it's probably asking a lot. Let's not be greedy. I think this one is possible with this team. Uh, I, I probably wouldn't have had any uh, real optimism other than blind faith. But for the Arsenal game on New Year's uh, Eve, because, I mean, I would put Arsenal and Liverpool on a par. And if we can get a 2-1 win, uh, it gets into extra time and it's on our our ground, you know? So uh, I think there is extra time, isn't yep. there, in the Carabao Cup? Yeah. So I think uh, I think uh, I, go, I go into this with optimism. Obviously, what I really want is a Juventus, uh, but without the early blip, <laughs> preferably. <laughs> um, uh, so, yeah, that's the, I, I, I see it as very close, actually, because, and, I, and again, another factor in our favour, well, two more factors, the rest, which I think uh, Drew alluded to. Uh, I mean, we'll be fresh and rested and uh, almost over-rested, actually, you could, you could say. And uh, and Liverpool won't be. They've a, a really tough schedule. So I think that's one factor. And last and by no means least, um, that horrible pest uh, Mo Salah will not be will not be a present. So and he's frightening. I mean, he's terrifying. Um, World class player. And uh, so for him to be absent is is a, another huge boost for us. I just feel we've got a lot going for us. So we've got we've got. A, chance yeah and drew potentially no trent alexander arnold i was always a little bit dubious when uh before the first leg we knew he was gonna be out for the first leg that much was obvious but then they kind of said oh it's gonna be three weeks i don't know why i have a sneaking suspicion that that injury recovery will happen in time for wednesday it might not i might be wrong here but i just when they when they were so specific about the amount of time in ahead i just wondered if there was an element of gamesmanship here Oh, yeah. You know, Klopp, Klopp enjoys that sort of stuff and it, 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 he's puts on the facade that he doesn't, but he's one of the masters. Yeah, I thought the same thing. I mean, I don't think uh, we're going to be looking at Liverpool's starting lineup release on the weekend with such uh, such keen eyes to see who's back and, and who's on the bench. And, you know, if, if Trent is sort of fit to play, you would think that they'd get him at least on the bench on the weekend to get him back up to, to speak. As, you know, Paddy mentions quite rightly, you know, you can be over-rested. That's my concern about us. You know, you see everybody on the beach and whatnot. You wonder, is there too much rest? Is that sort of thing? But yeah, I mean, Trent, yeah, I, I, I fully expect him to be back, to be honest. Um, I think it would be a, a real blow for Liverpool, obviously, if he wasn't. But uh, it would almost be things going a bit too right, wouldn't it? Yeah, and and Paddy, what did you make of the of the first leg? I, I think it was one of those that on the evening I was really disappointed, and then actually only literally maybe took 10, 15 minutes afterwards to think we've gone to Anfield on a on a weeknight in a cup semi final, and we've come out alive. And actually, yes, it was disappointing because we were one nil up, and the manner of which we conceded those two goals. But actually. Fulham played really well for 70 minutes. If we can just turn 70 minutes into 90 minutes, there's every chance here. Yeah, I would. I think you summed it up rightly. I, I, didn't, I don't think we went there with any fear. I mean, I can remember uh, the last time we were in, in, I know it's not a league match, but the last time we were in the Premier League, there were certain matches 
that we we went to and we were basically we felt it felt like we're there to make up the numbers and hoping for a draw uh i mean it didn't work much but it was enough to keep us up but it it was a bit like that i don't see that at all with this team i think this team thinks it can play anybody and and and, and they proved it on new year's eve against arsenal i feel we've played liverpool twice on their ground and we've, there's only been one goal in it each time so it just makes sense that if this this team you know enacts its self belief and plays with the bravery and the and the style that that I saw at Anfield okay without the finish apart from Williams goal but uh if 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 we play like that um then I don't think we've any need to fear it but to only respect it i mean obviously anybody who didn't respect liverpool would be a football illiterate but uh I I think I think this is a real match and 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 I think that lack of fear is something that's really impressed me in after the, a very poor opening phase of the season from this side I think they've really got into got into their stride now and this game's come along uh you know you you, you sometimes feel oh we're playing them at the wrong time or something like that I think we're playing them at bang the right time and I think it'll uh, I think I, I think I, I'm really optimistic I'm not confident I'm optimistic yeah, no, I, th- I think that that feels like the, the the right kind of, you know, I think we can all go into this game excited and thinking that something might happen. It's, it's very much the case that something might not, but like, and that was like also like, this is such an occasion. Like, whether, whether Fulham just falls short on Wednesday, I'll be gutted, of course. But if, yeah, but yeah. like, what, this is what Marco has brought us is nights like this. The da- we're daring to dream. And I think that's hugely exciting, Paddy, that, and, and testament to what, he's achieved you know obviously Marco wants a trophy he will he'll want something that he can put himself in Fulham history and for his own personal like um satisfaction but actually you think of where he took this club from in 2021 and what he's now doing in early 2024 a real occasion like we couldn't have dreamed of this two and a half years ago no no i think it's time i i time really to i think we can safely salute marco uh, as one of the one of the great fulham managers um I, I mean we have had some good ones um in fact loads of good ones but this the the the, the style of football he uh pursues is terrific I do notice, by the way, as someone who doesn't go to away games. Sorry, I'm veering off the subject slightly no, for, for a it. moment. I, I was, I'm quite used as someone who only goes to cottage games. Uh, uh, usually, I've been to a couple of away games, but not many. As someone who usually goes to cottage games, I'm used to shouting "cheat, cheat" at the opposition when they tumble and and break up counterattacks. Uh, did we do it? Well, Anfield. I was, I was almost certain cheat at our players, um, but because we're, we're not above the odd trick, and I don't suppose you can really blame Marco for that. If referees allow it, which they scandalously do, uh, you know the faking and all that, then you know I suppose we have to join in. But uh, it was quite frightening to see us cheating a lot, or at least six occasions uh, in that game. Uh, but anyway, but uh, you know that apart, forget that. Um, the Mark, Marco is is is, a, is obviously a great manager. It's not a flat flash in the pan. We've been playing this fantastic football uh, for for a while now, uh, despite as I said, a slow start to the season. But I think that was you need to get a rhythm to play like this. And I think little 
little uh, combinations. Uh, and, and, and probably the best example would be uh, Anthony and William on the, on the left wing, that wonderful uh, balance of left and right foot, which reminds me of uh, Ashley Cole and Robert Pires many, many years ago at Arsenal, that wonderful combination. And it must be horrible for fullbacks and for midfield players who are pulled across. So it's, it's uh, you know, little tweaks like that have, have improved the shape of the team. And, and now that he's got the defence sort of really sorted out, in fact, we've got we've got more good fullbacks than we know what to do with. Um, and, you know, since Tosin came back, we're, we're very, very, you know, we're, we're fine at centre-back. Uh, so it's, it's, it's really, really well-balanced team. And of course, I haven't mentioned Palinia, but, uh, you know, if, if that isn't one of the best Premier League signings of the last 10 years, I don't know what is. Yeah, and, and it does feel a little bit, Drew, um, moving on to some of the Fulham players, like there's there's several players here that I that I want from a narrative point of view to get to Wembley. And, and you know, like the obvious ones would be you know, Tom Kearney or, or Willian for one last dance or something like that. But Jao Polina as well, we know he's going in the summer. Like, I mean, we we're, I think we're all pretty hopeful now he's not going in January, but we know he's going in the summer. A player like him deserves to, to shine in a final, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like uh, if he was going to go in January, it wasn't going to be to the end of Jan. So like these semis were always going to be his, his to play in both legs. And obviously, so it's proved. Um, but yeah, like it, I would love him to have his, uh, have his day at Wembley. I mean, if Tom goes one more time, then he's going to need his own reserve parking space the amount of times he's taken. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, for players like Zhao, I think it would be a just uh, just a lovely crowning moment for for him in terms of what he's done at the club. But also, obviously, Silver as well. You know, you mentioned him a minute ago. Those cycles of managers, they always at Fulham when they achieve something special like Roy. There's always a, a couple of real high points that they achieve in that in that time, and obviously the Europa final for Roy, but also the the record seventh place finish. And for Marco, it's the the swashbuckling championship winning side with a hundred and odd goals. Um, and yeah. it'd be great for him to then add a cup final appearance to, to that, to bring him right up there in the pantheon of great Fulham managers. Um, at the moment, for me, he's number two um, in my lifetime, certainly. And uh, it would really, you'd, you'd, there'd be a hair's breadth between the, him and Roy if we did get to a major domestic cup final. Um, and obviously, if we, if we ever, you know, I'm getting ahead of myself now, obviously, but if we won that, then he, there'd be no debate. But yeah, Jao, I'd love him to just uh, to sign off because look, you know, we're all realists here. Uh, we know we know he's gone in the summer, and that and he goes above us wishes. And it would be uh, what a, what a way to cap his uh, time in this whirlwind love story that we've had with him. Yeah, and uh, line up the big question. Marcus Silva's got some got some decisions to make. Um, I'll share mine, and, and yeah. you know, and then we'll see where the disagreements are, where the changes are from that. So. I mean, to be honest, I'm pretty much going with who started at Liverpool. So Leno in goal, Castagna back to right back, Adarabaya and Diop, Robinson at left, Polina in... Oh no, actually, it's not who started at Liverpool because I'm going to bring Kearney back in for Reed, even though Reed started at Liverpool. Yes. And then... I think Decadova, Reed, Pereira, Willian, Jimenez... But I, I could be convinced on a Harry Wilson on the right wing instead of Decadover Reed. So that's the eleven that I've gone for. Where are the changes, lads? 
Are you going first, Drew? Okay, yeah, sure, I will. Uh, yeah, I, I, you can be the manager, I'll be the assistant, having a word in your ear. <laughs> um, for me, I think it's got to be Wilson on the right. Um, I just think that he's, how many times has he got to prove himself uh, to be, you know, one of our most potent attacking threats? And, you know, Bobby's problems aside at Anfield, it's not just from that, it's just, it's Wilson being undeniable for me. Um, I do find it fascinating that that left side is so locked down and our right one has been so interchangeable this season. Um, but I think it's probably time to start uh, start locking that one down as well. So for me, Wilson, I would have never said Kearney, but now you've mentioned it, I just think, you know, I bang the drum all the time about Tom's time at the club being defined by moments and, and just why not just throw caution to the wind? We're at the cottage, you know, people talk about the Anfield atmosphere. Well, the cottage atmosphere on a on a famous on, on these famous nights under the lights is 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 comparable of anywhere. So get him in there, get everybody going, start throwing caution to the wind. Um so yeah, and and uh, so just the other uh, area was 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 right back and I think it's it's Castagna's, isn't it, at the moment. I mean Kenny's obviously impressed when he comes back in, but it's you play players on on form and merit, and and Castagna hasn't done anything to lose that place, and I think he deserves a chance. Assistant manager Barkley. Yeah, well, <clears throat> one thing that I know for sure is uh, Bert Leno should be in goal. <laughs> <laughs> there he is. That's why we pay him yeah. the big bucks. <laughs> even even though I'm a fan of his deputy, by the way, I don't think he's done much wrong. Uh, other than to be uh, dropped in in favour of Leno, but um, yeah, right back is so difficult because Tete's not put a foot wrong. He's a very good defender, but there Castagna is a very good defender as well as a very good attacker. And what's more, what impresses me about him is is judgment. You know how how he never seems to leave a gap. I hope I'm not tempting fate here, and, and that Liverpool's left winger doesn't run through it. But the, uh, he's, he's so judicious uh, when he attacks and, 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 and the way he can smell a tiring defender. You know, it's, it's, I think he's a joy to watch. I think he's been a great signing. Tossing in Diop, obviously, at the centre-backs, but I'd have a word with Diop, uh, even as assistant manager. I'd just take him aside before the game and say, if you give away another silly penalty like that, you know, just flinging a leg, which is the most stupid thing you can do, then I will batter you all over this dressing room. I know that's not modern management, hmm. but he must not do that again. That is selfish play. Um, Anthony Robinson at left back, yeah, definitely. Uh, by the way, I, that's the only thing I would say wrong about Diop. I think he's been great since he came back in the side. Um, no, Anthony Robinson, of, of course. He's, he's our left back and he's our outside left. You get two players for the price of one. And he'll probably want a pay rise at the end of the season uh, if he stays. Um, yeah, Palinia, I would go for Kearney as well, mainly because I worship the man. Um, and I think he's, even as uh, someone who would happily enter a Tom Kearney Adoration Society, um, I, he's even shocked me this season uh, physically. By the way, I feel very sorry for Harrison Reed. Uh, we've all left him out of our side. Mm. And, and there's another guy who never does anything wrong. Um, I'd go for Harry Wilson on the right uh, ahead of Dicotto Reed, even though uh, Bobby is uh, a better he's better when we don't have the ball than Harry is uh, Pereira maybe that's a soft position you know uh, given his performances of he's been fine I wouldn't say he's played badly uh, in the last few weeks but he hasn't been as good as he was before on the other hand experience 
the thing that keeps Pereira in the team, I think, is his importance to the structure and almost his yes. off the ball work seems to be as more important to Marco than what he does on the ball. I wish he would do more on the ball. I wish that not all his free kicks would hit the bar um, yeah. and some would find the <laughs> flipping net. But I'm also like, I, I think that I can't, I can't work out who else can do that job, particularly with the press that, that Marco wants. Yes. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, Willian, uh, that, you know, no brainer. Just pick, picks himself, as does Raúl Jiménez up front, uh, and you know that's that side. You see, just going through the names, I, I, that they can play Liverpool, no problem at all. I guess the biggest issue, Drew, is depth, and we saw it at Chelsea that we had no one to bring on. Really, there were players to bring on. I don't want to be disrespectful here. There was no one that was a game changer that could come off the bench, really. And Deckard Overeed was about as close to an attacking force or a game changer that you could get. So that is the only thing. But I do believe, in, given the circumstances of the game, we have to score first and we have to start strong. And that's why I do think, actually, I've maybe been slightly convinced on Wilson because... Wilson can do something out of nothing. And actually, if plan A goes goes to plan of getting a goal and getting back into this game, you can bring Deckard over Reed on in the second half to shore up that right-hand side a little bit and work harder because he will always work harder than Harry Wilson will do defensively. But yeah, it's it's the disappointment really of having, particularly Noah Wobi is just having basically no attacking options i think you're exactly right sammy it needs to be an early goal that is the that is the game plan uh and it's gonna this game's gonna be won and lost on the flanks i think because you've got joe gomez at what is it uh joe gomez at left back is right footed and then you've got that youngster on the other side who Connor bradley yeah he can be he can be uh overawed i'm sure in a big occasion so you need to just literally get the balls down the wings and and get it into Raul early doors uh and get something to to get the crowd up because that you know that's going to be just as crucial we keep talking about the atmosphere on on these famous nights we have to we have to produce it we have to give us something to you know get us get us going um so i think those first 20 minutes uh, are going to be where the game's won and lost because if we are nil nil uh after you know as we approach half time then it becomes even harder and uh, and obviously you know you only need one to take it to that extra time but i just think for us we need to just as much as i wouldn't want us to go into the second leg goal up I just think mentally that's just not what the boys would be able to cope with very well I think uh, if it was nil nil at half time I think they might see it as a bit too much of a mountain to climb so first 20 crucial um, first half certainly need a goal I, I would prefer it in the 89th minute uh, or the 100 and, <laughs> 102nd or whatever it is uh, the weight wouldn't be much fun would it um, but yeah I still don't think nil nil at half time is, 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 is a cause for concern but I can understand um, your impatience. Um, one thing I'd like to say, because Harry Wilson came up in the conversation, I noticed the Wales manager said the other day that he wants Harry to be winning matches. He wants him to be a, a talismanic figure for his country. And uh, I, 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 that didn't jar with me. I, I think he, I, I'm, I, you know, Aaron Ramsey and Gareth Bale, you know, in the last few years have, have been the, the men that... Um, that Wales rely on, and I think Wilson's in that in that class, or something in between. I I, I really think he's a wonderful player, and and I 
I was after um, um, Fabio Carvalho left for Liverpool at the uh, and and left that. What do we do about our number ten position? I my first choice for that would have been Wilson. I would have said, now go and win games for us. Be playing play off the striker and score goals and beat men. And he, he does that from the flanks. That's fine. I mean, if he plays there forever, doing what he does now, that'll be great. That'll be great. But I do think that there's the, his potential is limitless. And he's only, what is he, 23, 24 still? I think he's got fantastic potential. Um, I think the problem for me with Wilson is, I actually, I thought Chelsea summed up Wilson and just like the frustrations behind him. That, okay, here's your moment, Harry against Chelsea and like it's not necessarily like always that in key moments he can show quality but also it was a very frustrating first half from Harry and misplaced passes and wrong decisions and 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 that's the side of Wilson it's just always been consistency no one can doubt his undeniable quality and I think the goal that he scored against West Ham well, it will be surely one of Fulham's goals of the season other than maybe the Raul Jimenez um, backhill Rabona. But that's the quality that we know that Wilson possesses. It's just not consistent enough. And actually, you've got to look at someone like Willian, who possesses much less pace than Wilson. But, and also, and, and Willian does have slightly iffy games, but generally, I think, shows it on a more consistent basis. And And even if Willian's having one of those games where okay, things aren't going in, shots are going wide and stuff. He still contributes to the team. And I sometimes think that Wilson can go missing and he did in that Chelsea game. And look, I don't want to like um, bring him down when we really need him to to do well on, on Wednesday. I hope that this can be the making of Harry Wilson. And we saw in those Wales games, actually, you know, when those two goals he scored against Croatia, he can be a big game player. And I'm hoping that that is the case on uh, on 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 Sunday. One quick final point, Paddy. While you just mentioned him, um, Kearney, do you think it's weird he never um, played for Scotland more? It's not weird. It's disgraceful. It's uh, it's inexplicable. Um, I, I I honestly don't know the reason for it. Presumably, it has something to do with fitness concerns in the past. He should have been, as a Scotland fan, he should have been our, you know, a leading midfield player for on and off for the last 10 years. Mm. I, don't, I, wouldn't, I, I can promise you, and this, I'm not saying this as a Fulham fan. I'm just talking uh, on footballing judgment. He would have been in every single squad that he wanted to be in uh, over the last 10 years if I'd been Scotland manager. I, I, I just do not understand it. For a team that needs to... You know, keep the ball away from home. I, mean, I, I constantly, I, I read reports of Scotland games away, away from home, and they say, "Yeah, we didn't keep the ball, we, and we didn't use the ball well enough." Well, why not pick someone who could bloody well do that? Yeah. You know, it's just it, it, as I say, I, I'm, I, I sound frustrated. It's because I simply don't understand it. Yeah, well, you do wonder with the formy shirt. Well, you were the formy shirt, but then again, I guess. If you're uh, if you're Steve Clark and you're picking your Euro squad and someone gets into that squad that's like barely featured in the uh, in the qualification process and takes someone's spot, you've got that to think about. But God, he'd be a he'd be a nice Rolls Royce player to to take to Germany, wouldn't he? Well, exactly, Kearney and um, 
the wee lad who used to play for Chelsea, Gilmore. Mm. You know, it would, you'd be blinking. You'd be saying, they can't be Scottish players. They're, they're, they're such beautiful passers, you know, and short passers, like like the Scottish players of 100 years ago. Yeah. Um, as I say, they would they would be great. But I no, I mean, you can't criticise Steve Clark. His, his record as Scotland manager is excellent. Um, it's just, as I say, search me. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a break there. Afterwards, we're going to answer some of your emails. Part two of the Fulhamish podcast, Sammy here previewing the Liverpool match with Drew Heatley and Paddy Barkley. Uh, a quick one to say that if you can't make it to Craven Cottage on Wednesday, and I am gutted for you if that is the case, but look, people have got work. It's a midweek game and stuff. If you can't get to the cottage, get to a Green King Sports pub instead. And if you download the Green King Sports pub app, you'll be able to get 10% off your drinks during the match. They will be showing the game wherever you are in the country. If you get to a Green King Sports pub, they will be showing the game on one of their HD TV. So download the Green King Sports app and you get 10% off your drinks while you're there. It's the second best thing to being there at a famous night at the cottage. Before we get into some questions, some transfer news, Drew. And that is uh, Ben Jacobs uh, tweeted yesterday. Seems like a fairly uh, reliable rumour that Fulham have made a £35 million bid uh, for Brazil international Andre from Fluminense. He was obviously in the uh, won the Copa Libertadores with Fluminense. He was in the Club World Cup final against Manchester City. He had a bit of a stinker, but let's uh, let's put that aside. Um, this is a signing that Fulham have been linked to for a long time. There's a big host of clubs interested in him. He is Brazil's number six. Um, so he, he comes already with pretty uh, high pedigree. The fact that he's already a Brazil international, um, 22 years old, I guess... Some will argue, though, that this is just Polina's replacement being bought six months early. I've read Andre's name more in the last three months than I have, you know, my own wife's name and, and my own son. And I just feel like he's already part of the team, but he's not. So I, I'm excited by what I've seen and what I've read. Uh, it seems like, yes, uh, ultimately, let's not kid ourselves. It looks like he's being brought in to be the Polina replacement and, you know, that doesn't mean Polina's is going in January. As far as I'm concerned, I think this is um, possibly as close as we're going to get to some uh, some clever forward planning from the club. Uh, but reading about him, reading around him, it looks like he uh, he could certainly play with uh, Zhao in the in the six months to acclimatise. And then people are talking about you know he could play in a double pivot with Harrison Reed next season. They both he can pick up the the ball from deep and he can he can also be a playmaker he looks like he's got a lot of the attributes of some of our favorite midfielders of the past decade and longer so I'm getting excited I haven't seen him play look I you know I, I'd love to go to Brazil I'd love to uh, have the time to watch Brazilian football I don't have uh, the privilege to do either of those at the moment but uh, I am excited by what I see and I think if it is uh, that forward planning to to replace Zhao eventually then great I mean I'm, I'm excited to see what happens and it looks like it would be a bit of a coup because uh, you know he's always meant the other club that's mentioned that as much as we are is Liverpool so um, and as you say he's Brazil's number six it could be uh, could be a real real big big move I mean Paddy like Four Brazilians at the cottage. What's 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 uh, what's what's happening? You've got you've got Willian, yeah. you've got Vinicius, you've got Andreas, and now potentially this Andre. I mean, Vinicius mm. could well be uh, well, leaving, I, but uh, I'd, I'd, I'd rather we had Pele, Garincha, Gerson, and uh, <laughs> Ribolino. But 
<laughs> a couple of those um, are not quite in that class, but yeah, it is. It's great. I mean, the more the the more the better. Uh, I mean, Andre's come in. He's only had about three or four caps, and and he's going to be twenty three this summer. Mm. So yeah, the the fact though that that Brazil now have have gone for him, uh, and and it looks like he'll be, a, you know, a fixture in the side. Um, yeah, it, 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 and they do produce. I mean, the Brazilians, for all the flair that is associated with them in the past, they do produce outstanding uh, players in that uh, in that double pivot or deep midfield, whatever you call it, role. Um, so I'm, I, I'm, you know, I'm delighted. I also think, just on a, uh, I think to to sign a replacement six months early is always, or five months early is always the right policy. Don't yes. just bring someone in and expect to paste them into the team because it might not happen. Yeah, I think that's, I, 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 if we, if we pull this off, it's an incredibly smart coup um, from the club in, in, in my opinion, so, especially when you bring them as over, over from South America, a few months to acclimatize, he gets to hang out with Jao Polinia and see what he can do for five months, then take on the mantle. I mean, that's, that's the model that lots of clubs, I mean, Leicester did it so well for years. Brighton have been doing for, for donkeys as well. You, you bring in a player before you know the net, the good one's going to leave. You, you recoup the money, you invest the money, you build a bigger squad. Sometimes as Leicester found out, you can fall off that treadmill, but as long as, you know, it definitely is a reasonably good medium term option, but obviously it's, it's hard one to, to keep going forever. Uh, this question from Jimmy Irons, he said, Hey, Fulhamish team, love the pod, been listening for a long time. Um, you're a vital part in getting my tedious chores done. Um, I'm not 100% sure I can clean the flat without Jack Collins's dulcet tones permeating through the winter Febreze. Ha <laughs> ha. He says, just read that Ryan Sessegnon might be getting moved on from Tottenham. He's had a bad time with injuries there and I've not seen him linked with us, but he marks the beginning of the end for our championship winter and he possesses a special place in my heart and I've been gutted with how his career has gone. We all know he could have been so much more, especially than the left back wing back Spurs have forced him to be. I'd take him in a heartbeat. He could still become the player we all thought he'd grow up to be. Thoughts? Would you, would anybody take the chance on him? Uh, thanks for reading. And that's from Jimmy. I mean, Drew, I'm always nervous about going back. Um, I, but there is, a, there is a left wing berth in particular. You know, Willian will not be our left winger forever. Um, it's arguable if he'll be our left winger next season. I, I wouldn't hate it. We we have to bring the squad age down, don't we? But I mean, I think if you if you take nostalgia out of it and say Cessignon did everything he did for us at uh, Birmingham, I don't plucking a club out of thin air. Would you be looking at that and saying, yes, let's get Ryan Cessignon in? He could really do the business for us. Um, I don't think we would be at this stage. Um, so for me, it's like you've got to take you got to you got to think with your head and not your heart and i think that especially now you know we're going to be hopefully going into our third season in in the premier league consecutive and i, I think we need to be looking at uh you know different different players with a higher ceiling um you know it it didn't work out for ryan i will always say you know you can talk about harvey Elliott's and your carvalho's but i think the biggest waste was was ryan sessignon because he had it all he could have been he could have been in england side he could have done it he could have done it all and um you know it's nothing against him he he got the move and he and he took the move but it, it's you know spurs 
if you look at it for the two years, the Spurs is literally a graveyard for, for young talent. So should have probably seen it coming. But no, in answer to your question, no, I think we need to be looking elsewhere because objectively um, it's not, you wouldn't get excited if you didn't play for Fulham. So, I mean, Paddy, obviously there's been a lot of this recently, especially with uh, Fabio Carvalho now joining uh, Liam Rossini's Hull on loan, which, you know, it seems like a reasonably sensible move, but it's such a step down from, from the stock he had when he, when he left Fulham. Um, what do you think about players going back to the clubs where they made their name? Is it, is it, is it a recipe for disaster? Well, I think it, I think it, it could work. Um, I mean, when Fabio Carvalho left, I, I, he left a part of, uh, I, I felt he had been lent to Liverpool. You know, I, I, I don't know, I had this feeling about him. I thought, but maybe I overestimated him. Maybe I over, overestimated Ryan Cessnion because even when he played for us in the top division, he didn't look as good as he had done on the way up. Um, you know, and, and you know, I'm thinking of the. He was young, of course, but uh, and 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 seemed to have limitless potential. But you know, uh, the move hasn't worked out for him. Uh, Fab, and and as far as Fabio Carvalho, you see, I I thought when he was 18, 19, I thought he was going to become the best number ten in the world, and I told anybody who would listen. But it hasn't happened. Again, it hasn't happened. And I feel sorry because those, both of those lads are Fulham fans, I think. They're, you know, yes. they're, or they're certain, they certainly love the, they have a real feeling for the club. And it is tempting. It is tempting. But as Drew's assistant, I, I have to be loyal to, to him and, uh, <laughs> and, and endorse, endorse his judgment. You don't want an assistant manager talking behind the manager's back. I think he's quite right to be hard-headed. Yeah. Um, no, I, 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 I agree. I mean, I would, I would welcome the opportunity if Mark, to be honest, I trust Marco. Like, if Marco wants them back, Marco's yeah, not going to, Marco's not going to do it for sentimentality. Marco's not, Marco's too switched on and, too ruthless and ambitious to 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 bring players back because he's uh, sentimental. Um, so if Marco thinks they're the right options, Cessignon was always a weird one. You never knew what was Cessignon's position. I don't think he's ever worked it out. He played left forward for us in the season that where he where he scored so many goals, and that's not a position that Fulham are ever really going to be able to play in the Premier League because we just don't have that luxury. Like he's not he's not quick or skillful enough to, I think, to be a winger. And he's not, I think, diligent enough an offender to be a left back. He could possibly, I think there's always that been that thing, like, could he play left wing back? But Fulham don't play with a back five. So that's kind of like null and void. So I, th- I think Sessignon has to work out his position. And it was so weird that season, like everything fell for him. It was, but he did do all right in the Premier League. But again, it was it was it was always hard for him to to, to find a place. So if, if Marco thinks it's a great idea, then I'm, then I'm all for it. But He's, he seemed he looked surprised by the step up. Uh, that was what, uh, in, no, I, I know he did all right mm. in some games, but it, it was as if you know you, you looked at him and thought this is the first time you've ever had a challenge. You've been the best player on just about every field yeah. you've played on, and suddenly now they're all good. And and it looked to me that he struggled with that. But uh, anyway, we'll see. I was quite impressed with my my um, wife's knowledge the other day. We were uh, Wigan Man United was on the tele- television, yeah, and uh, she saw um, Sessignon on the back of one of the Wigan players' shirts, and she said, 
Didn't he used to play for Fulham? And, and I'm not joking. My wife knows nothing about football or Fulham or anything. And I was like, oh, you are so close to a brilliant, yeah. brilliant call there. But that just happens to be his twin brother, Stephen. But other than that, yeah. you've made a t- you've made a 10 out of 10 observation. And I'm really sorry that I've got to, I almost, I almost was going to let her just have it. I was like, yeah, it is. Yeah, well done. Really good. Because <laughs> I was just like really impressed. Um, at picked, that a good, of, picked a good one there, didn't you? Yeah, well, I mean, normally she yeah. knows nothing about football. Absolutely <laughs> zilch. But I was like relatively like, wow. That's, obviously, obviously chewed her ear off for that whole season about Ryan Sessegnon and it must have stuck in her brain. Uh, this one from Will Guapone. I hope I pronounced your surname right there. He says, hello, Fulhamish crew. Harrison Reed, Kenny Tete and Andreas Pereira, are each beloved players, but they are 28 years old, which means we are nearing the end of any opportunity to cash in on them. Reed and Tete may also be looking for more playing time and Pereira may want one last shot at a bigger club. I'd be interested in your thoughts on what the likelihood is of each of them leaving in the summer. Who is most likely? Who is the least? Thanks for all your hard work from Will. Um, Drew, I mean, he has a point that each of these players, like they, they do have a sell on value. And I think in all cases, other than maybe Pereira will be disappointed the amount of football they've played this season. Um, I think there's chances that all of them could leave. I think it's going to be a really busy summer in terms of outgoings and incomings in terms of, you know, you know, all of these uh, fashionista pundits talk about the cycles of a side. And I think that we're, we're, we're going to have a really interesting summer as ours sort of changes over. And I think, you know, you look at this whole PSR stuff and we've, we've managed to avoid any sanctions. We've, we've played within the financial rules Um we haven't spent the Mitrovic money and we realise now that that's been counted onto a different financial period. All of this sort of thing makes me think we're waiting for this summer where uh, we're going to have to make a lot of a lot of changes because, you know, Willian is obviously not getting any younger. We've already talked about Jao, he's off. I think Tete's time is probably coming to an end and people are going to be interested in Nancy Robertson as well. I think outgoing-wise, there will be a lot more than we anticipate and therefore you're going to have to bring more in. And with that in mind, I think we've been waiting and trying to make sure that we can sanction these moves and do this changeover without falling foul of FFP, PSR and FFS and all the rest of whatever it is that uh, we've got to look at. So in terms of the answer to the question, the most the most uh, likely to leave is probably Tete. I think he's, um, you know, he's not played as much this season, but that's not necessarily all of uh, Silva's doing is obviously been injured as well. And it's just so happened that his understudy has performed uh, capably. So it's been tough for him to get back in. Um, and, and he's only got one year left, hasn't he? He's only got one year left. So I think Tete is definitely the one at the top, but I think there's going to be a lot more than that. Uh, that trio you've got to be worried about in the summer uh, or not worried about depending on where you sit. I think Tete myself as well. I think he's, he's uh, top of the likelihood. Uh, he is the most likely. He's the most likely to go. Um, I think almost half the teams in the Premier League he'd, he'd walk into. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, that, and and I hope we keep both uh, Reed and Pereira. Um, you know, fixating on on sell on value. It's not, it can be a bit of a false economy. It, 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 continuity is a great thing. Yeah. Um, it remains to be seen as well. Listen, I don't want to get ahead of myself, um, but we're still in two cups. And if we're playing in Europe, we'll need everybody we can lay our hands on. 
I see, this is why we get this. Paddy's making us dream. God, I was excited <laughs> enough already without forgetting about the Europe bit. Oh my God. Um, final question from Kim Smith says, love to know what you guys think about who is player of the season at this halfway stage of the year. So if, if, if the season was stopped today, Chelsea away was our, was our last game, who would be your player of the season? Because it's a tough choice. Paddy, I'll, I'll start with you. It's a horrible choice because um, I've just, you know, I jotted down the team that we jointly picked for, uh, for, the, for the Liverpool return, second leg. And five of them, in my opinion, would not disgrace the award. They, these would be Leno in goal, Castagna, uh, Robinson, both, both first choice fullbacks, Palinha, Kearney and Willian. So that's six, actually. I said five, yeah. But all of all of those, so more than half the team are candidates. I would say the strongest would be Leno. I know I'm answering this in a terribly ponderous way because I can't make up my mind. Bellinia and Kearney would be definite candidates. So would Leno, Willian, Castagna, Robinson, perhaps just a wee bit behind those. So I've narrowed it down to three, and I'll at the moment because we're choosing at the moment. It's now down to Kearney or Leno. Oh God! Can we split it? Can we split it? Can we can we exercise the wisdom of Solomon and cut <laughs> the draw in half? Yeah, that, uh, I'm, I'm happy to accept that. Okay, um, Drew. Uh, Head says Anthony Robinson. I think he's having a ban a year for us, and I think he'll go as a result of that in summer. Hart says, just for what the joy he's continuing to give me, uh, Tom Kearney. <laughs> And I'd love, I'd love to fast forward to May and say that you know he's ended up going to Wembley and doing X, Y, and Z, and and you know nailing that down for himself. Um, but yeah, it's probably around that. Yeah, for me, it's between Leno, Kearney, and Robinson. I think are my three. I think like Leno, you think the moments that he's provided. Not only that, like a penalty shootout win as well um, in the uh, in in the, in the quarterfinal against Everton. He, he saved a crucial penalty from Andre Nana. I'm going to go if it was if it was right now, and I was on the club website and I had to vote. I think I'd vote Robinson. As some people that have just turned this podcast off from uh, me saying that, but. Um, <laughs> It will always be divisive uh, because I think everyone's, you know, obviously the fullback position has changed so much in the last 10 years and some people want different things from from their fullback and and it's difficult to provide all of those things. But I think it's it can't be debated that it's his best season so far for us and there's a reason why that left-hand side is locked down as it is um, and the, 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 the right is so fluid and interchangeable and, uh, and Robinson's a huge part of that. Um, but I do, you know, if Robinson just didn't do like, if Robinson just didn't have like small little brain meltdowns occasionally in defense, which lead to, like, I think the Bournemouth game, well, he's done it yeah. twice, twice in two years at Bournemouth. Basically Anthony Robinson should never go there. Other than that though, like watching him against Chelsea was so exciting. I'm just excited every time he gets on the ball. I know that he's yeah. going to get to the byline, get past a player. I just, I think he's a joy to watch right now. And so it might be slight recency bias because I particularly enjoyed him at Liverpool and Chelsea but yeah I'm going to go for Robinson right now but there's a long way there's a long part of the season to go so well, yeah, well I, I reserve the right by the way to um, if Harry Wilson gets a hat trick against Liverpool 
I would be, uh, I would, uh, uh, which wouldn't surprise me because, uh, as I say, he's got limitless potential. Then I reserve the right to add him to my list. Paddy, whoever scores a hat trick against Liverpool will be my player of the season. Doesn't matter who it. I, I don't. I don't care if it's. <laughs> I don't care if it's Sasalukic off the bench. Like he's gonna, <laughs> he's gonna be my player of the season. Anyone that does that on uh, on Wednesday. Well, look. Thank you um, so much for listening today. It's um, uh, one a pod full of anticipation ahead of the big day, ahead of the big night, I should say, on uh, on Wednesday evening. Um, Paddy, a joy to have you back. Um, we'll lock in your half season uh, player of the year predictions, and we'll uh, we'll thank revisit you. them in May. Uh, so, Good. But also, thank you so much for coming on as ever. My, my pleasure. I love it. Andrew Heatley, thank you. Viva El Fulham. Viva El Fulham, indeed. <laughs> Come on. This year, we're going to win the cup. Well, let's see how that ages. Uh, I'll be back on Thursday, um, looking back, what, come what may, at that Liverpool game. Let's hope we can make history on Wednesday. Come on, you whites. Come on, you whites.